Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman, where you'll learn to awaken your divine intuition and open your human heart. Sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and learn. Here's Sarah. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman. Today is the first show of 2014, and very, very, very happy to be here. Um, we had kind of a little break. We had a holiday break, and then we had another <laughs> holiday break. So I'm sort of checking my uh, uh, little screens and, and everything, trying to pay attention to trying to remember the very mild technical requirements that I'm, I have for the show, but yet, you know, I'm not particularly technical. So trying to do my best here. Uh, we are kicking off January with some pretty cool stuff. I get the chance in my work to meet um, some just amazing people from all over the world. And a lot of times these are uh, students and folks who just write telling about their experiences. And a lot of times these are uh, experts in their field who are um, who write me and we kind of sort of compare notes as colleagues. So today is the first of one of these interviews. We're going to not quite yet, but in a moment, we're going to be bringing on uh, Janice Carlson out of Minnesota, who is an acclaimed author of the book Soul Sensing, How to Communicate with Your Dead Loved Ones. And we'll be bringing Janice on in just a moment. And I'm just super excited to have her with us. Um, because as you guys know, I work a little bit more with guides than I do with the departed. So there have been a lot of questions about this. And I'm really going to be happy to dig deep and have some discussion and share experiences. And you guys can benefit um, from uh, the inquiry. Uh, before we get started, I do want to uh, mention that right now for the start of 2014, I have a truly awesome course called A Year of Spiritual Awakening in Your Inbox for just $1. It's on my website, right on the homepage. Um, go ahead and get involved in this. If you are looking for a way to kind of ease into a spiritual practice that isn't going to take very long, that you can sort of dip into for maybe five minutes on a break or early in the morning or just like sort of click into it, read a lesson, do a quick meditation or some question answering. 
Um, this is a really beautiful way to do it. Uh, this was all taken um, when I received uh, the messages. I think it was 2011, really deep messages about heart opening and how um, our soul takes place in human experience through the human heart. So it's called A Year of Spiritual Awakening in Your Inbox. It's just $1, and you can find it on my homepage, sarahwiseman.com. I also wanted to uh, announce that Intuitive Mastery Level 1 is uh, basically full, um, and so I'm going to be closing that registration today. If you want to slide in there for that, you know, I can make room for maybe one, uh, but I'm going to be closing it a couple hours after the show today. So again, you'll find that on my website under Intuition University. And now I want everyone to uh, close their eyes. We're going to start as we all a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth and in through the nose and out through the mouth and we're going to just have you uh, center on the idea of your heart chakra right now sometimes we pick different chakras but this chakra seems especially fitting for the new year it's going to be a great year really really come through a lot all of us collectively through a lot of pain we're really moving into a new course of awareness and consciousness and opening and just practically speaking earthwise speaking it's just a stronger easier year ahead lots of relief from what we've been dealing with and of course this comes from our collective awakening slowly but surely the more our consciousness changes the more our reality changes and i just want you to sort of connect into your heart chakra and then i'd like you to imagine that you can begin to allow every other listener to this show to sort of creep into your heart with you. And you can trust that these are the souls of the people listening, all the beautiful divine selves, all our collective soul. Uh, we're not separate. We're in separate bodies, but as soul, we're one. And so opening your heart to the thousands of people, to uh, hundreds of thousands of people who are either going to, some, some of you are going to listen today and lots more are going to download podcasts later. And just open yourself to this collective soul and hold it in your heart. This idea that you are not alone, that there are kindred spirits and that we are all one. And opening your heart chakra to as big as you need, might be bigger than the room you're in, to hold all that is you and all that is divine. And we're going to have our chimes. And so we will begin. And now I would like to bring on to the show the author of 
Soul Sensing, How to Communicate with Your Dead Loved Ones uh, by medium and psychic Janice Carlson. You can find her at www.janicecarlson.com. Um, and I got to tell you guys, this is one of her book, uh, her new book, Soul Sensing, is one of the most clear, most well-written um, and most informative books on mediumship that I've ever read. Um, I I uh, read a lot of books. I get a lot of books sent to me. And um, I really highly, highly recommend this book for anybody who wants to learn more about mediumship. So Janice, I think you're there. Welcome to Ask Sarah. Thanks so much for agreeing to be on the show. Well, thanks, Sarah, for having me. Yes, and you're out of Minneapolis. So yes. we, uh, we're we here in Oregon, so we're <laughs> having a little different weather system than you are. Is um, it rainy where you are? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good guess, but it's not rainy. It's, um, it's actually a little um, polluted. Um, we Ooh. had some of the most like amazing sunsets last night. They were all like in the newspaper down here and, or, you know, the media down here. And I realized it's because we're kind of having a little bit of an inversion and some fog. It's like, oh, there's par- particles in the air. So anyway, mm. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. So I wanted to just talk with you a little bit about um, your book and your experiences and, um, and I, I'm going to just kind of head in some directions with some questions that I have, but feel free to sort of steer me in another path if you want. Um, I do want to say, as I said at the beginning, um, my own experience has been more with the guides than the departed. I do see um, the departed in terms of my father and uh, some of my uh, grandparents and relatives but it's been less of something that I've done in my practice. So when I got this book from you, I was really interested um, to see that that was the core of your work. And I'm just wondering, is do you also work, how, how does that work? Do you work primarily with the departed? Is that where you feel your calling is? Do you also work with uh, different types of guides? How, how has that been for you? Well, I, I'm also a psychic. You know, mediums are, mm-hmm. are always psychic, whether they realize it or not. And so I do a lot of psychic readings. I'm doing a lot of what is my 2014 going to look like types of readings right now. But I come from a place of um, having lost two parents by the time I was 10. And because your parents are such a vital part of your life, I felt them protecting me, intervening, communicating with me from that age, from 10 and on. I didn't realize that I could do medium work for others um, until I was much older, until I was in my late 30s. And I just sort of discovered it by accident, which I I talk about how that happened um, in my first chapter of my book. But what is, I think, of most value to most listeners about this book is that when you, you may think it's impossible to talk to the dead, but the truth is they're already talking to you. And mm-hmm. my real thrust is, that, you know, make sure you're not missing these wonderful signs that are meant to help you heal, they are meant to reassure you that the de- deceased loved ones continue to be in our lives on a spiritual mm-hmm. level. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of hocus-pocus in this book, as you know. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of doublespeak. It's really about what's the science behind death. Um, and quantum physics seems to pick up where 
regular physics ends in the material world, and that's one of the things I really wanted to stress in this book, is that when we accept the form that we take and our deceased loved ones take after they, you know, after they pass, we can start to understand why they communicate the way they, in the, use the methods that they use mm-hmm. to communicate mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. Um, did you find, do you have that you know of any, um, any of those in your ancestral past who were involved in like the spiritualist movement? Is that something that you found in your own ancestry that, that you know about? Well, I did an adoption search several years ago and did discover there were some psychics in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, they certainly didn't do it, uh, uh, you know, professionally. It just happened to be a family gift. One of the gifts that I saw in, the, in talking to my blood relatives was the ability to know about a death in the family before they'd been informed of it. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to say, gosh, I think Grandma died, and she's been struggling for a long time with, you know, a disease, and it's another to kind of know about a sudden accident or whatever mm-hmm. in the family. Mm-hmm. So presaging or pre-knowing about a death is one of the early, early indications that there's mediumship in your family line. Mm-hmm. No, I asked that because I'm just looking at, and I'm actually drawn to, I kind of had the feeling that spirit would be pretty active when you and I were talking together and I don't usually (laughs) I don't usually uh, think about this but I have this very big collection of spiritualist um, writing lots of channeled writing and lots of reports of spirit contact and um, that just came up really strongly and I thought I should ask you about it Um, will you talk a little bit about how this idea of being adopted, you talked a little bit about how, but how that was your first experience with your, with your biological mom. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Well, she um, gave me up for adoption because she was a single mom, a mother in the 1950s, and that was, mm-hmm. it was just so unacceptable to raise a child alone at, at that time, unmarried. So mm-hmm. that was her main reason for doing it, but she was also very ill. She had... Um, tuberculosis, and when they put her uh, in a sanatorium back then for tuberculosis, um, she then caught a very virulent strain of of hepatitis that happened to be going through the institution at the time. So it was Mm -hmm. was quite tragic. And so she died probably when I was about six weeks old, uh, after I had been given up for adoption. And um, what her death did ultimately and ironically was that it kept her with me for the rest of my life. She was able to be with me in spiritual form and oversee um, what was happening with me and how I was being treated by my adopted family and how my life was going. And uh, I had heard uh, one report from a nurse that happened to be in our family that, that uh, could go into some old records and find out um, where, uh, what was going on at the time of my death, what, or, or my birth, and her mm-hmm. death. And one thing that was interesting was that she would come down to the, to the station where the infants were kept and stay with me, staring through the glass for hours mm-hmm. at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, she, clearly, she, it was not a happy decision for her to have to give me up. And her death, oddly, as tragic as it was at her age, she was only 24, gave her the gift of staying with me and, more, more importantly, the gift of me having her with me all right. of my life. And so I think many of us with medium abilities think it's just kind of normal 
probably right. to see deceased relatives and deceased ancestors and stuff. But the truth is that if you do have that ability as a child, very often it will leave you by the time you're 13 or so. Mm. And there's, there's a real link, and one of the links that I mentioned in my book is that there's probably a, a big connection between um, sex and death, sexual mm-hmm. reproduction mm-hmm. and death. Mm-hmm. And so that mm-hmm. once someone becomes eligible for sexual reproduction, they enter their puberty. That ability to talk to the dead, to be as connected to the other side, often begins to abate, often Mm -hmm. begins to Mm -hmm. wane. And my theory about it is that, like you, I've done a lot of reading in the field, is that that, um, sex connects us, sexual reproduction connects us to the earth. And death, on the other hand, is about another realm of existence, and that's more of the spiritual realm of existence. Huh. Or, so. or, you know, actually, the way I'm thinking, and it's funny, I don't even remember that part of your book, which is fascinating because it's such a huge concept, but I have a lot of books on, um, there's a really cool book called Transcendent Sex by Jenny Wade that talks about um how in these, you know, sort of, couldn't, maybe not just sex, it could be any sort of peak experience, but people often go to different dimensions, go into past lives, go into trance states, you know, these different ways of, of being in altered states. And I'm wondering, too, if it's, that's also, it's almost like instead of connecting to the earth, this is just my thought, um, maybe sexual awakening allows us to connect to it's sort of like we have many doors to choose one to choose from. Maybe there's ten doors we can easily enter, and so instead of entering into the the mediumship door after sex, we choose to enter into a different way of being in a different realm. I don't know, just an idea. The other, the other, do you also think it's interesting because sometimes there's there's our ancestry, but there's also like past life experience and there's also this idea of uh, departed people you know reincarnating do you have the sense that your mother has even though you're still able to contact her now that any part of her has reincarnated into someone that you know on earth plane no one I've encountered thus far, no. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when you get into a discussion of what we become when we die, which, you know, quantum physicists feel is most likely um, subatom- with, uh, it's subatomic matter that most closely resembles the energy of light, when you get into how that energy behaves, it can be in two places at once. Mm-hmm. And so it's quite right. possible, as you probably know, to be in heaven and, or the afterworld and still be here as well. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. and just so you know, Janice, my um my information has has I mean, I've always read quite a bit, but but with my own opening, it all became it all came through the teachings of the guides. It came through basically channeling and channeled writing. And the word that the guides used for me because knowing I can't deal <laughs> I can't deal with uh, quantum physics as a term that I can, you know, like uh, put my head around. Um, But the term that they've consistently used is this idea of particulate, particulate energy, which is Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. subatomic matter with a different name. Yeah. 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 So so we're going to, we're going to take a very quick break 
We're going to be listening to Jai Utal's Let Me Be Sky, beautiful, beautiful song. And then we're going to be back in a moment. We're talking to Janice Carlson, author of Soul Sensing, How to Communicate with Your Dead Loved Ones. You can find her at www.janicecarlson.com. You're listening to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman, and we will be right back. We are talking to Janice Carlson, uh, the acclaimed medium and psychic, and she is the author of the new book, Soul Sensing, How to Communicate with Your Dead Loved Ones. And uh, Janice just mentioned that there's no, I can't remember the word you use, Janice, but uh, there's no uh, frou-frou in this book. It's it's very, very cleanly written, very beautifully written. Very, yeah, very, very effective. Well, welcome back, Janice. Um, we're just, yeah, we've been talking about how Janice sort of opened as a medium. Um, one of the things that you said earlier, and I, it's in the book also, that I found so interesting is that you 
and this was my situation too. So it's always interesting to find these parallels in, in people that um, have this sort of psychic opening later on. Um, you had a very, very long career as a, novel, a romance novelist or a fiction novelist prior to becoming a medium. And then it wasn't um, until you were in your 30s, I believe, that this, the second mediumship before other people started to happen to you. Right. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just wondering how did the, how did the fiction play into all of this or where, I'm just wondering if the, the psychic ability informed the fiction and, but you just didn't know it <laughs> at the time. Yeah. I think that's a really good question. And I do talk about that in my book. What I, what I talk about is the creative right lobe of our brain and how, mm-hmm. If you've already laid the ground, laid the groundwork for uh, for medium and psychic ability by being creative, it certainly mm-hmm. comes much easier. I had written about fifteen novels for New York publishers under the pen name Ashlyn Price, and I was kind of caught in a genre and didn't want to keep writing the same kind of book. But um, I had several under contract at the time that I discovered I was medium, so that. But the mediumship thing got pushed aside for many years until I picked it up again. But I do think the more creative you are, the more you get into that childlike, creative right brain, um, the the more luck you're going to have with talking yes. to the other side, to relatives, to spirit guides. One of the things that you and I have in common, Sarah, I feel, is is the empowerment of people by helping them to become aware of their spiritual abilities and um, and in where and how to use them for their benefit. And one of the things I felt as a child, and many of us feel it maybe later in life, is this sense of helplessness against death. Mm-hmm. How, you know, they're gone and forever, and this is what our society tells us. And you feel quite helpless. Like there's really nothing anybody can do, and and it's so it's so underscored by what happens after a, a funeral in our society. People bring you Jello, and they bring you brownies, and they bring you food and and um, loving gifts like flowers and so forth. But what I'm hearing now is that my book is being given as a sympathy gift, and I think that's such a giant oh, step forward. That is you know, wonderful because yes, there's. So so little, a lot of us feel like we can do when someone calls and said, oh, we had to have our dog put down. And, and mm-hmm. you know, getting somebody a reading is a gift or a mm-hmm. medium reading or getting them a book like this, like Soul Sensing, can really open up the doors of communication mm-hmm. for them. And yes, it helps and the dead, too, because the dead really do want to communicate with us. And, right. um, they want to be acknowledged. Right. Well, I mean, just the the idea of providing the book as a gift of comfort to make that first that first comforting contact or a reading but also the way that once that contact comes the way that people's perceptions and realizations are absolutely changed you know it just changes the entire belief system to know that uh, death and the departed, it's most definitely not an end. It's just simply a different dimension, and they're readily available. <laughs> it absolutely, it absolutely yeah. does. And, and there's some validation in my book and many others that say, don't just write these experiences off as a coincidence or mm-hmm. your imagination. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not going crazy. This really did happen. This particular sign uh, did happen. The lights did flicker on and off. There's a whole section in my book of, I think it's the most extensive list of signs of visitation by the dead so that you mm-hmm. know who it, you, you basically know who it is who's, who's talking to you. And once yeah. they want so much to be able to say to you from the other side, I am still a going concern. Mm-hmm. I still love you and care about you. Um, and and I am still open to you talking to me as well. Yes, and also that all is well, that all is well, that this whole, not only the, the loss of the, the person who passed, but just the whole entire fear process of, you know, a, a tree doesn't sit around <laughs> worrying about the tree dying because the tree knows that it just changes into other form and yeah. that's similar to our own experience. Yeah, and so do we. We just there yeah. is um I always say if you have dreams about flying and most people do, it's because mm-hmm. part of you can fly. Mm-hmm. Part of you mm-hmm. it, your soul has that ability to do all these things that um that uh where you saying particulates or subatomic matter can do. We have this inner a built set of senses and inner set of abilities that if you tap into them, they're extremely empowering. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do want to go back and make sure folks understood the point about the creative work and the right brain. Um, when you take, say, a, an English degree <laughs> in school or when, if you're doing art or if you're doing music, you're probably working in a lot of ideas of imagery or symbolism or one thing holding meaning for something else. And that's a lot of the way that the guides and the departed communicate. They communicate with symbolic images. So, you know, if you were very, very involved in um, more, you know, left brain type activities such as math where you're trying to prove a correct answer, you might have a little more trouble locking into that right brain system of making associations and understanding symbolism. And so I, I wanted to just make sure folks were understanding what you were saying. The more you yeah. can understand that, you know, a banana might mean, you know, yellow, it might mean tropical, it might mean you need more potassium, it, it, it might mean exactly. mon- yeah. monkey, you know, the more your mind can be free to, the the more chance you have of kind of being able to understand what the divine, or to or, make like, associations. Yes. Yeah, to, and the other thing is, when you get into math, and the things that we do in our lives, um, motor skills and everything that, that is governed by the left brain, you you know, those things are, we are very judgmental in the left brain. We spend, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of time in it, and we catch our errors in it, and we edit in it. I always used to, when I taught writing classes, say, write one day and edit the next. Don't mm-hmm. do both. Yep. Because yes. that left brain is very, it's very valuable, but it sure hurts you when it comes to psychic and medium types of connections because mm-hmm. it, it tells that little kid inside you, that sort of eternal you, that this is wrong, you've got it spelt wrong, you have it, you know, and that kid will go and hide. Mm-hmm. We'll just say, oh, well, okay, I can't, I can't do this and walk away. And sadly, that's even what's happened with creativity with most people. They say, well, I don't do anything creative. And I'll say, really? Really? Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't 
decorate cakes. You don't maybe make some jewelry on the side or or do some knitting and assemble little things, you know, of your own creation. You Really? Because mm-hmm. it's so important to do those things, even if it's just mm-hmm. to relate to kids and grandkids. It's such a nice freeing experience to just do something creative. Yeah, and I think that's where your mind goes. Like this idea of needing to go into sort of a, a little bit different vibrational state in order to connect with the departed. Right. That's exactly that sort of light, gentle, like if you were knitting or crocheting, and, and you, maybe let's say, <laughs> let's put the caveat in, you're a pretty okay knitter, so it wasn't like you were just struggling like I would be to try and figure out how to knit. But say you're like knitting along happily, not really thinking, that's that relaxed brain state which is exactly the perfect place, the sweet spot to go in and connect with the departed. That's the sort of gentle place you want to, you know, be in with your brain and your body relaxed that way. And that makes it very easy for them to come with us. Um, Tell, tell me a little bit about, you have this beautiful, beautiful piece in your book about um, soul sensing with the chakras. And I just thought that was so appropriate and so useful. Um, I think everybody here is really quite familiar with chakras, but right. just tell a little bit about how how that works or why that's important. Well, people, when they're first talking about feeling like they were visited or felt a spirit present, will talk about, gosh, I got tingles around my shoulders, or it felt like there was this um, sort of static electricity above my hair, something pulling my hair kind of slightly upward. It was a pleasant experience, but I was aware of of someone communicating with me there. And those are your energy levels, that your energy portals, where Mm -hmm. the the deceased can talk to you. And so paying attention to your chakras is, is a way of figuring out, A, who's talking to you, and B, what they're saying. I had a dog that we had to put down, and we've had several dogs through the years who've gotten old and needed to be um, put down. But uh, one of them just came to me in my solar plexus, and was ju- it was just a warm, ineffable, wordless glow that mm-hmm. made me mm-hmm. feel so much better. And I had been crying for a day and a half because I just missed this guy so much. And, you know... This was long before I read. I wrote Soul Sensing, so I didn't even really know the, the stuff that's in the book now that would tell me how to talk with him. And, right. um, you know, it would help me with that. And so um, I just felt this warm glow, and suddenly the crying subsided, and I was okay. Mm-hmm. I was just mm-hmm. okay suddenly. Mm-hmm. And it was just him coming in to the part that he could access because, you know, he's a dog. He was a Labrador right. retriever. He wasn't an intellectual. He's not someone you'd expect to come to your brow chakra or your your um, crown chakra or anything kind of intellectual. It You know, mm-hmm. he was just a dog, mm-hmm. a cuddly <laughs> dog, and that's where he made most contact with us when he was hugging us or we were holding him on our laps or whatever with this solar plexus. So, and that warm glow, for whatever reason, just stopped my grief in its yes. tracks. I think, and I think that that's absolutely correct. Um, another way listeners to this show might relate to this idea is that the departed will come to you on a level of vibrational matching yes. or level of frequency matching so that, um, 
it just it just makes it easier. It just makes it easier to create those those ways of communicating. One right, the, and the, and the chakras give you several different portals, several yes. several different places places in which they can connect with you. Yeah, so and, becoming and also, familiar with them is really crucial. Yeah, familiar with the different meanings and um, relationships of the chakras, then you can right. sort of also uh, tease out the message a little bit more easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing you said, and I'm kind of jumping around, but I thought this was so interesting, is you talked about the idea of there being many portals in um, houses or places or... Um, let me just go back to that, because I thought that was pretty cool. This other way of thinking that, you know, sometimes sense of place or um, houses, commercial buildings, countries, and even planets possess chakras, and these also act as kind of portals. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, and and the way the word that I might use for this, for these listeners might be, um, I often use this idea that things have each, everything is its own universe of energy all oneness, but then there's these, you know, I'm a universe of energy, my chakra is a universe of energy, the building I'm in is a university of energy, a relationship is a university of energy. So this idea that all of these are portals for um, the departed to create energy and and create messaging in. Yeah. yeah. Does any example come to mind for you of a any well, I do. You know, I did through. put one in my book that I that was really a pretty prime example, and that was that um, in our house down in the basement uh, outside our TV room is a hallway, and I had a dog that would sit and stare out in the hallway and move his head around as though he was watching something. And um, shortly thereafter, that dog uh, was diagnosed with uh, with stomach cancer and needed to be put down, put out of his misery, and. Um, he, I really feel now in retrospect that his buddy, who had died about a year before, was coming to visit him, coming in, mm-hmm. in essence to collect him. And so, um, you know, when you talk to a, a family member who's getting older and, and possibly dying, you know, or passing on, they will often talk about being visited. Terminal patients mm-hmm. often talk about seeing other family members that are there visiting and kind of opening up the dimension so that when the time comes to pass, that dying person is not afraid, is not mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. like I'm alone being sucked down a long tunnel or something, but rather accompanied and um, led to a new place, a new life. Yeah. And yes. um, that's what was happening there, and I didn't want to really face it because I guess I just didn't want to lose another dog particularly, mm-hmm. but um, he was watching his buddy. And shortly thereafter, you know, and my neighbor even suggested that to me. She said, you know, um, I wonder if, if Cubby is coming to get him, the other one that had passed. And I just didn't want to hear her. So, of course, there's a lot of denial when you don't want to face a death in the family. But, um, you know, that is, I think, a part of our house that is very likely to be accessed. I, I say to people, pay attention to what your animals do because they'll kind of show you the parts of the house that are being visited. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, and even this office that I'm in now, um, my youngest daughter has frequently seen there's a little girl that, I don't know, she just 
goes through the walls. I guess I'm not sure if she lived here before or what. And, mm-hmm. my, and my subatomic matter, by the way, can go through walls. That mm-hmm. we're looking at it as behavior. And in the ni- early 1900s, when they were looking at the atom for the first time and discovered subatomic matter, they said, "Where have we seen this behavior before? Walking through walls, walking through mm-hmm. solid surfaces. This is what subatomic matter can do." And we've seen it in ghosts in reporting. Mm-hmm. Well, what were you yes. saying about your daughter? Oh, no, just that it's it's interesting that I chose, of all the rooms in the house, I chose this one room that's that's fairly active with, <laughs> with mm-hmm. spirit activity <laughs> to do mm-hmm. my work. And it's funny, too, this subatomic matter or this idea of energy particulate, and I always just laugh and laugh because... Uh, my my inner my inner geek self is just like well that's Star Trek isn't it It's just beam me over Scotty and you know this these ideas of passing through walls and and being able to be energy at this particulate level um, these ideas were placed in our culture as something you know as entertainment right. but these things are all coming true and 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 perhaps they weren't quite so much entertainment as we had thought, but perhaps ways of looking at the future. So, Janice, we're going to take another very quick break. We're going to listen to another Jayutal song, Ganesha Sharanam, I believe is what we're going to hear. And we'll be back with more Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman in just a moment. Hey 
Hey, everybody, welcome back to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman. We are talking to Janice Carlson, medium and psychic and author of Soul Sensing. You can find this book on Amazon or you can go direct to JaniceCarlson.com if you'd like to have a session with Janice or find out more about the book and her work there. Um, I wanted Janice, welcome back. And I wanted to take a look at this very interesting, um, you know, we have the Ask Sarah blog and folks write in uh, their questions and then they get put in the queue. And as I get to them, I answer them on the blog and on the radio show. And I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's pretty long, but there's a gentleman in the UK in London who sent, uh, who sent me a letter. Um, and he's having actually some problems with um, spirits not leaving him alone. And, um, and so this is something I think is important to talk about because sometimes this kind of does happen and there are some ways to sort of work around it. But one of the more interesting things, and Janice hasn't seen this photo, you guys, and I am going to put it up on my website, but it's a photo taken of the Great Tower of London. And this gentleman um, has been um, uh, visited by some female spirits who call themselves like they're the tutors or their sisters. And in one of them has a green dress and is a very exquisite, exquisite um, younger woman. And in this picture that he took of the Great Tower of London, if you zoom in far enough, you can see in the window, uh, you can see a woman in, or a figure, or a spirit in this green dress. And you know, this isn't the sort of stuff that I'm usually working in, so, but I just felt it was extremely genuine. And he said that this spirit was actually, as he sent me the image, was standing over his shoulder, directing him (laughs) to send it. And so... (laughs) Yeah, so I'm just wondering, Janice, if anything comes to mind. One, um, feels to me that these spirits have more to say to him. It's not just a matter of trying to get rid of them. Um, it's more that they're trying to provide him with some information or trying to get him to do some things for him. And I'm just wondering if you have any any advice with um, this type of spirit um, visitation that maybe is unasked for and is not, you know, your departed loved one? Well, I think as our two dimensions, the one of the afterlife and, and that of the living are emerging more and we're opening up doors, doors are opening to us as well, um, probably we're going to see more what I would almost call um, ghostly historians. And I suspect mm-hmm. that he, by that I mean that there will be documentation of various things coming through that document past historical events. And mm-hmm. that'll, that'll probably be a field that'll develop as time goes by. And apparently these spirits feel that he not only has the mediumistic ability to see, the clairvoyance to see what mm-hmm. should be photographed or to sense what should be photographed at a given time, but also the the stick-to-itness that would be required to do the research of, of becoming a documentary uh, type of person, someone who is documenting historical events, and whether in photos or in, by word and text as well. But I, I suspect we'll see more of that coming through. 
Well, and interestingly, you know, the Great Tower of London, I did a little bit of um, nosing around Google because I'm not certain of that time frame. But, you know, that was a place where um, there were many, you know, grisly executions. And I believe Anne Boleyn was executed there. And um, during that time frame, I'm not super familiar with the history of the um, of the time, but perhaps this idea, too, of. I, I agree that the veil is getting thinner and thinner and thinner yeah. and and this ability to see it's like we sometimes use this example like if you put a red filter on your glasses you can see things that that are in one color if you put a green filter on your glasses you can see things from that filterization and it, I think that this particular gentleman um, does have the ability to see into the other dimensions quite easily. Do you have any words of advice to have them ask them to give him a bit more space? Like, like, okay, I'll do what you want. I'll do the work, but you got to give me some room here or something. How would you approach that for him? Well, I certainly would be wary of this cutting into his personal life, of him taking mm-hmm. spirits home with him from a given site who are, are then mm-hmm. becoming vexing in some way. And just understand that this is purely a, a professional pursuit. Um, mm-hmm. It's always a danger when anybody goes to a haunted place that we can take energy back with us from there and and not want to maybe take that luggage home, you know. And so I think that he should have some boundaries in his life about when he's open to spirit visitation and when he is not. And in my book, I've got just cleaning and sealing your aura types of exercises. You can be open mm-hmm. to a given setting at a certain time and then clean and seal your aura and go home and not take that with you. Because, you know, mm-hmm. nobody wants their sleep disturbed by this or, uh, you know. But I think that uh, when you go to a place, for instance, like Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, where it's said to be the most haunted place in America, 50,000 people died in the space of a couple of days, a very violent death, very young people, very sudden. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. think, and, and I'm not the first to postulate this, that there, there is a, a tear sometimes in the time-space continuum. And you may actually be slipping into that that time period of that yeah. battle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. it would be interesting also for him to do some um, past life regression and see, um, sometimes I find that karmically the spirits who contact us are, this is interesting, but um, they're there to have us connect, correct some past karma in the ancestral line or in the past yeah. life line that that yeah. so in fact it may be that he is related to the woman the spirit in the green dress in past life yeah something along those lines and that yeah. needs to be and that's where the chakras come in really handy is asking where am i feeling energy from this spirit am i feeling it in my heart was this a somebody i loved in a past mm-hmm. life um, mm-hmm. Or is it someone trying to purely download intellectual information to me about and, a historical event? And do you think, I also think this idea that she is in the green dress and green is the heart chakra and mm-hmm. we open today's session with green and I'd usually open with, with connecting to blue chakra or even higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that what you just said that perhaps there is a heart chakra connection there that needs to be um, kind of looked at and 
released. Um, yes, and it's a distinct feeling when you talk about past lives because I know when I, um, growing up, I always felt this nostalgic connection to World War II. I mean, mm-hmm. an angst. Well, no, angst isn't it. it. The word I'm looking for is like a hankering for it, almost mm-hmm. like um, I missed it. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I missed being in that time and space. I understood that time and space. I understood yes. the battle of that time. And um, I was hungry to continue the battle of that time, you know, against some some enemy or to avenge, you know, people who had passed. Do you know what right. I mean? And oh, so these absolutely. are very, very much bits of chakra information that you can get. And when you feel like um, you have a, a, a lump in your throat, like you can't even speak because you're so overwhelmed by a setting that you've come into, that really mm-hmm. does talk about a, probably a past life link to it as yes. well. And I do think just in in all this ways that it's interesting that this gentleman sent me the photo because I have an entire box on the Tower of London and the crown jewels from when I was there as a child uh, in London. I lived in Europe quite a bit. And so these ways of connecting, you know, across Internet, across the world, um, what we're really doing is connecting up all of our past lives, all of our 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 soul particulate as one and, and sort of getting everything cleaned and cleared and whole again. Right. Um, I, yeah, I want to let, we only have a minute or two left, but I want to let everybody know where they can find you. So Janice, you do readings and such for folks. Is that correct? I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you guys can all go to, and I'm going to put the interview up on the front page of the home, my page, uh, sarahweisman.com in a couple days. You can also download the podcast, but if you're looking for it, it's pretty interesting. You can find her at JaniceCarlson.com. I just can't recommend this book enough. Um, I wish Thank I'd you. written it. <laughs> but it's a really good, clean book and uh, very easy, very easy to... Um, Use and I just want to thank you for being on the show and well, uh, maybe me. be able to yeah maybe we'll be able to have you on uh, in in another time. So anyway, Janice, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Sarah, for having yeah, me. It's you. been your questions have been really wonderful and stimulating, and I appreciate oh, that. Good, good. Well, thank you. And we're going to just wrap up today. I want to remind everybody that you can get the A Year of Spiritual Awakening in your inbox for just $1. Go to my homepage, sarahweisman.com. It's right there on the front. Talk about heart opening. Um, That's a heart chakra, year-long heart chakra program. (laughs) It comes as a daily email, really, really gentle way to ease into that. And also, I will be closing Intuitive Mastery Level 1, that registration, we're starting January 16th or 15th, I think. Uh, if you want to be in on that group, uh, don't wait. You've got about another hour or so. <laughs> You've been listening to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman. We're going to head on out with Jai Utal's uh, Bhavan Shakara. And uh, we will be back next week with more. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful start of the new year. blackness of the night your light shines on me guiding me into the cave the river of dreams where the mystery worlds of fear and sadness beckon are to
to lose myself in that ocean again. Where have you gone? I'm lost without your touch. Wrap me in your arms. More of Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman. Tune in every Friday for more amazing teachings on intuition, spirituality, and you. Want to contact Sarah direct? Visit www.sarahwiseman.com. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.